This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, the sous chef of the garden, yours He's truly. back, yes, he's back. Yes, I'm back, I'm oh, back. Oh, I missed you so much. Actually, oh. no, Sean was great. Sean James was in the last yeah. two weeks, and he was wonderful. Oh, that's terrific. He even rang the bell. Like, he was pretty no good No kidding. Yeah. Well, I've got that handy. I thought here. you were taking yeah. it on vacation with you, but we found <laughs> oh, it. no, did you? <laughs> he went scout out in my special little drawer, did yeah, you? Yeah. All righty. Oh, great to be back, and we've got a special guest we today. We do. We just heard a little advertisement from Stoke Seeds, and guess who's here? Welcome. We've got Wayne Gale right here, the president of Stoke Seeds. Thank you. Fascinating history, uh, and maybe at some point we can Wait. delve into that a little bit. I was fascinated mm, to find the... out how old Stokes, 1881, mm-hmm. is I correct? Wayne's not uh, that old. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, <laughs> aren't you smooth? Uh, I better give out the phone numbers here because folks want to get through. It's uh, in Toronto. Here's the number you call, 416-360. 0740. Anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And, of course, uh, keep in mind a little mantra call, early call, often one question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, let our operator, Sebastian, know. He'll let us know when to get to the air. That precedes you. Mm, Get your garden wings. That's exactly right. So you can fly right into spring. Mm -hmm. Kept uh, a couple of things going on because, as we know, this is the time of year where, you know, everybody just gets gets a buzzing around around spring and its imminent arrival. Remember this Monday, um, second episode of the very beautifully produced uh, show called Ageless Gardens, Uh produced here uh, by MZ Media. There's five episodes. First episode was last Monday. Second episode is this Monday, 9 p.m., Vision TV. The uh, theme for this particular episode is Therapeutic Gardens. So it's um, it's all about <clears throat> excuse me, uh, gardening serving as therapy for body and mind, mm. which we know as gardeners, right? <clears throat> Today, one day only, Toronto Botanical Gardens get the jump on spring. It's the annual horticultural open house with 20-plus exhibitors, including horticultural societies, garden clubs, environmental organizations, a floral design competition, and it's CD Saturday. We're going to be talking about seeds, I think, today. Yeah, yeah. It's CD Saturday at TBG from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., free parking, free admission. Uh, 2.30 this afternoon, I'll be there presenting Great Gardens with Less Water. Uh, and one more thing, two great educational speakers are at the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society meeting tomorrow at Toronto Botanical Gardens. That's, of course, Leslie and Lawrence here in Toronto. Starts at 1.30 p.m. tomorrow. Color in Your Garden 365 by Darren Heinbecker, uh, owner of the fabulous Whistling Gardens near Brantford. We've mm-hmm. had him on the show before. And Kew Gardens in the Fall with David Lehman. So everyone, of course, is welcome to that meeting. 
All right. Very good. Yes. All righty. Uh, well, uh, we better scoot along here because folks are trying to get through to you to ask questions. Or in, in many cases, they offer up little suggestions, too. Uh, we, we welcome that always here mm-hmm. on The Garden Show. Yeah, tips and questions. Exactly. And you are listening to The Garden Show right here on AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto as we broadcast live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Back in a moment. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, it's only fitting, uh, our first caller, Charlie, Yes, happens to begin the uh, St. Catharines area. Mm-hmm. Shelley, uh, and now, that, of course, uh, Wayne Gale, president of Stokes, is with us, and from the St. Catharines area. So he'll answer yeah, this question, exactly. this is obviously going to be yeah. very special to St. Catharines. <laughs> exactly. Hi, Shelley, welcome to the show. How did I get to be so lucky? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Good morning. I'm calling regarding uh, my azalea plant. It's, it's finished blooming. It was absolutely spectacular, but it's very straggly, and I'd like to get some shape into it. And I'm just wondering, when is the right time to to prune it? I've tried to find it. It just says prune on the Internet, but it doesn't tell you when. when. Okay, so if it's not flowering, this is a perfect time to to shear it. Give it a pruning. Give give it some shape back. Uh, If it's straggly, it's probably lost a lot of leaves on the inside and lower branches of the plant, and it's got little green out on the tips, right? Um, Actually, it's quite green all over. Okay, good. And it just finished blooming. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it's got long, straggly yeah. uh, branches, and yeah. I'd like to try to get the shape back yeah, into so it again. A nice, sharp pair of pruners or <clears throat> shears of some kind. Just cut back so that you got balance back in the plant. Right. And get out your fertilizer and start fertilizing that plant regularly, once a month, kind of regularly. And make sure it's in lots of sun and make sure it never dries out. It loves its water, and you can get that back blooming very quickly. Lots of sun, really? Yeah, yep. they like a bright spot. Oh, well, I've got it in a bright spot, but it's not in, like, in sun. It's behind a shear. Okay. Is that good for it, or does uh, it need more of the actual sun? Brighter, in my experience, if it's in a brighter spot than that, you can keep it flowering nonstop. Oh, it'll, really? It'll never stop okay. blooming. So, All right. Oh, can, I learned lots this morning. Yeah, Thank increase. you very much. That'd be good. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Thanks, Shelley. Nice to have you on the show here and have a wonderful weekend. Yeah. Long holiday weekend, too, That's is it right. Not? That's yeah. right. For some people, a Monday's a holiday, yeah. family oh, day and all that important stuff. Exactly. Now, speaking of families, mm-hmm. I was uh, very uh, intrigued when uh, meeting uh, Wayne Gill for the first time this morning, president of Stokes. I asked him about having been in the St. Catharines area. I was a very, uh, very aware of Stokes seeds, but I did, did not know how... Uh, uh, um, longevity yeah, yeah. Uh, the company has. Maybe you could take us on a little tour back, uh, as you did for me. Uh, the listeners, I think, would be interested in this. Sure, Frank. Uh, so the company starts started in 1881 in uh, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So it was an American company uh, initially. It had offices in Pennsylvania, uh, Texas, uh, Florida, and then it decided to open up an office in Canada. And my grandfather was at Guelph University learning how to prune fruit trees, because, of course, Niagara is so big in fruit. And he heard 
this uh, story that somebody was looking for a seedsman up here in uh, in Canada for this American company. So he decided to abandon his uh, fruit uh, pruning uh, <laughs> career and uh, opened up a shop in St. Catherine selling uh, garden seed and eventually ended up selling it across Canada and uh, at a commercial level because a lot of it was commercial. And then in about 1934, the U.S. company decided to pack it in as they were losing money. And I have a financial statement from 1934. And there is red ink all over it, <laughs> oh, <don't laughs> yeah, just like boy. the old days. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so he, st- he went on his own uh, and uh, continued on. And I'm the third generation of uh, Gales that have been involved in the, in the business. I've been involved since uh, 1983. Uh, yeah. I have more of a background in computers, which back in the 70s seemed awfully uh, odd. <laughs> but uh, now in mail order, oh, wow. when you've yeah. got you know, hundreds of thousands of Inventory customers. Inventory control. Exactly. We have over, uh, over 3,000 items in our, in our uh, website oh, wow. catalog. So, yeah, the computers was a, was a bit of a, a good area. A good happenstance yeah, for you to rather get than involved. So. Yeah, and, and you're a... a a big employer in the in the St. Catharines area or in Niagara area, 135 people. Yeah, we roughly. top out about 135. Yep. Very seasonal. Uh, we have uh, a lot of ladies have worked for us. A lot of women that have re-entered, wanted to re-enter the w- workplace, mm-hmm. come and pick orders or pack yep. orders, and then uh, get that uh, reference, and then get back into the workforce uh, after oh, they've had a great. family. So yeah, we've got uh, we've got about 50 full time and about 135. We top out at well. <laughs> And, and this is it. You said this is the biggest week of the year. This is the biggest week. This yeah. week we will process more orders uh, than any other week of the year. So now's the time to get your orders in. Mm-hmm. Uh, may take a little extra few days. Normally we can turn an order around in three days. Mm-hmm. Um, and nice to know, too, that you're in the States as well. Big yeah. time, yeah. Yes, we incorporated New York, so we have a U.S. corporation. Yeah. So we, we cover more the area east of the Mississippi and north of the Mason-Dixon mm-hmm. line, where the snow flo- flies, uh, sort of similar right. to our climate here. Right. Where well, just glancing work. at our monitor here, and my gosh, we've got several lines open right now. Mm-hmm, yeah, think- perfect time to give a call. If you're in the Toronto area, it's uh, 416-360-0740 or anywhere in the uh, province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Um, now, um, you mentioned the commercial aspect of the seed business. So we've got, you sell seeds to homeowners, hobby gardeners, and that's the mail order part. People don't come and like shop at, you don't have a retail or anything like that, right? We, we just only have the one store, our warehouse store, oh, but you're right. We don't have stores across the country. Yeah, so, but so people can shop at the it's St. Catharines at the warehouse. Uh, otherwise, it's mail order via the web, which has obviously sped things up a whole bunch for everybody. And then the commercial part would be uh, various uh, farmers, driving up in their trucks and picking up big loads of seed to take it back. You said something about the onions up in um, Holland Marsh. Yeah, a lot of Torontonians are familiar with the Bradford Marsh area going to cottage country. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about 70% of those onions are grown from seeds from our warehouse. So, yes, we our smallest order is a couple of dollars, and our we have a customer, a couple of customers at three-quarters of a million dollars. So, uh, yeah, it's here in Canada, you'd never guess that uh, probably the largest carrot grower in Canada is in Nova Scotia. Yeah. And the largest cauliflower grower in Canada is in Manitoba. Really? So, yeah. Wow. Uh, and you supply the seeds to them. And we do. So yeah. you know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Great. We're up against the clock here a little bit. We oh, have to take right. our Good first point. break into the show and uh, then come back and have a word. We, in fact, we believe uh, George going to be online and we'll get him on the air in conversation with Wayne Gale, Charlie Dobbin, and yours truly, Frankie Proctor. All righty. Back in just a couple of moments here on Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias. 
Scythia and fox clubs, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips, and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And those phone lines are open, 416-360-0740 in Toronto, anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-474. Let me try that again. 1-866-740-4740. And speaking of in the province, man, we are going way north for our first uh, caller from Ironbridge this yeah. morning. Uh, uh, George is on the line. Hey, good morning, George. Good morning, George. How's that? <laughs> good morning. No, where exactly are you? Uh, Iron Bridge itself. We we're on the Google map there, <coughs> yeah, and you're way north. Okay, I'm, uh, 115 kilometers east of Sault Ste. Marie, north of uh, Lake Huron. Well, mm. you got it. You probably okay. got some snow on the ground up there still. Oh yeah, and oh, about a foot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of meltage this week. We had about a It melted here, too. Yeah. It was much higher. <laughs> well, what's on your mind this morning, George? Okay, well, I kind of want to talk to both Stokes and uh, uh, the expert here. Yeah. I have four acres of grassland that I manage. One's a baseball field. Um, that's about an acre. Another two acres of grass with uh, ornamental trees on it, and then my own property, which is an acre. Mm. And we can't water it just too much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fertilizer is pretty expensive. And I was thinking, well, if I planted white or uh, purple clover, would that get nitrogen in the soil and... Uh, help uh, bring it back. Well, there you are, Wayne Gill. There's the well. There's I, the I can answer the clover. The question about nitrogen. Yes, it would. Clover is a wonderful cover crop and is often used uh, in the market garden business when we're rotating our crops and you know uh, trying to replenish, like you say, both carbon and nitrogen into the soil to help other plants grow and help you know access to nutrients. The other thing we love about clover is it's got a tap root, so it doesn't. When we do get into drought situations in the summer, clover stays green. It finds water that all the turf grasses don't typically find because the roots don't go as deep. Um, usually clover would be something that would be mixed in with turf grasses, which is probably what you're thinking. You have fairly thin spots in your turf and a way to fill it and minimize other weeds blowing in. And also it's attractive and not the other big thing is it's a pollinator friendly plant with the clover flowers. And we're all about supporting the pollinators now. So I would say, yes, great idea. And I'll turn it to Wayne and say, what what do you think? Have you you obviously sell clover? I would think. Uh, actually, we don't go too much in the grass seed area. But what little I do know is yes, clover is a great cover crop. It's easy to maintain. Typically, you don't have to cut it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the only thing I ever tell people about grass seed is to read the label because right. there's annuals and perennial types. Mm-hmm. So whenever you plant grass seed, you always if you're planting for the first time, you want a heavy annual count because that allows the uh, the the turf to establish and allow the perennials to come up because the annuals are going to come up at much 
much faster than the perennials. Mm-hmm. If you're overseeding, which uh, which you may be doing, uh, and you want to overseed with a traditional grass seed mix, then you want a lot of perennials because, of course, uh, the turf is already established, so it doesn't need an annual to to hold the soil together. But overall, yes, uh, clover is a great idea. I've suggested it for a lot of cottagers mm-hmm. as well who mm-hmm. don't want to go up on a holiday weekend and <laughs> spend mow. the first four hours yeah. mowing their lawn, exactly. which I always thought was kind of silly, but no yeah, clover's a great idea. But does Stoke sell clover? No, we, we oh, got out sure of the grass seed business. Oh, okay. We used to, a oh, long okay. time ago, but you know, it's uh, it's so heavy and expensive mm, to ship, and true. it's so cheap at your local uh, That's right, co-op. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah your co-op stores is probably the best place to get it. That's right, because you can get it in bulk. Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, and there's and white you can select. and red. Yeah, That's you right. can select what you want. You're not stuck with a mix that you mm. would at uh, your more traditional mm. uh, big box stores. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope that answers yeah. the question for you, George. Yeah, I think okay. it probably does. Thank you very okay. much for your call. Yeah, and uh, off we uh, run now to Etobicoke. There's Diana. Good morning, Diana. Welcome to the show. Good, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Happy Saturday. <laughs> now, this is my question. You know the vegetables that you grow in your garden? Yeah. How good can they grow inside all year round? Hmm. Or well, is it? Any such thing. Well, for sure. Think of the greenhouses that are the tomatoes and peppers you're buying in your grocery store right now are grown in greenhouses in Ontario year round. Okay, now listen, the Charlie. Operative word there was greenhouse. <laughs> I, I have 470 square feet from my apartment. Uh huh. Yeah. And not that Cozy. much in the space, way of window space. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have some south window, mm-hmm. but it's not a big area. Would that still be possible? Uh, you know what? If I were you, if it's, it's limited space, and a south window's great, but um, I'd why not stick to some herbs? Get yourself some little pots of herbs. You can buy them right now growing, or you could go the seed route and purchase packages of, you know, some little baths, some basil, some parsley, if, if these are things that you would use and, and enjoy. And then there are the perennials, the thyme, lavender, rosemary. Some of these things can be lovely to grow indoors if you've got lots of sun. Well, I got lots of that. I was looking for a little cucumbers and... There are some dwarf, there's more and more actually dwarf vegetables, and actually Wayne would know more about this than me probably, but uh, as you point out, container gardening is very, very um, trendy, common, uh, happening more and more all the time, whether we're rooftop gardeners or balcony gardeners. You should see my daughter's balcony. She's in an apartment in, here in downtown Toronto, and she just fills the balcony with pots of vegetables and flowers. Cause the, oh, and, no balcony either. Yeah, so I yeah. mean, but still, it's that idea of container gardening, and so there's more and more uh-huh. of the dwarf, the little the little baby dwarf, tomatoes, cucumbers, uh, various and sundries. So yeah, good idea. You could definitely do that. Okay. You would and, and have to do it from question. seed, what, though. What show did you say you're at this, this weekend? Oh, it's the, at Toronto Botanical Gardens. It's called the Jump on Spring. Uh, okay. They do get the jump on spring every year, and it's a, it's an open house. <clears throat> so Toronto Botanical Gardens is Leslie and Lawrence in Toronto. Oh, and that's on Saturday and Sunday? Nope, it's just today. Oh, just today. Yes, okay. 10 to uh, 4. Okay. Uh, I'll be well, there at 2.30. Good okay. stuff. Drop by yeah. and say hi. Yeah. I will okay. try to do that. Excellent. Thank you, Diana. Great great. Thank you very kindly. Have a great day. Yeah, you, you too. too. All righty. Uh, <laughs> let's see. We've got a call in from, uh, oh, maybe just around the corner here in Toronto. Uh, um, yeah, okay. Go Gloria. Oh, okay. A uh, uh, reminder, the phone lines are open. I'll give you the numbers again here. 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, toll free. Um, let's see. one 866 740 4740 Gloria. 
Good mornings. Yes, good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a question for your guest. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you hear me? Yep. Yes, indeed. Hi there. Okay. Um, I'm very concerned with GMO seeds, mm-hmm. and I'd like to know how can we make sure that we're not buying a GMO seed that's contaminated, and, and <clears throat> would it be labeled on the package if it's a GMO seed? Good question. Good Go ahead, Wayne. Yeah, good question. It is a good question. Um, what a lot of uh, listeners don't know is that virtually every vegetable on the mar- vegetable seed on the market is not GMO. Uh, the Could you own- explain that term? I, I GMO, must- genetically Gen- modified ah, organisms. Okay. So genetically modified organism, and and uh, where this all started is that mostly in the if, almost well mostly in the field crop industry, as most uh, most common listeners would know. Um, so the field crop industry is, has got a lot of GMOs, your field, your cow corn and your soybeans. And what that is, is they've taken a gene from another species and moved it over into the, to the mm-hmm. corn and, and soybeans. So it's genetically modified Can you that speak way. a little louder? Eh. So, so um, from there, um, as far as the vegetables are concerned, um, the only vegetable seed that is genetically modified in the country of Canada is sweet corn. And of sweet corn, there's only about 14 varieties. Those varieties are only available to commercial growers and have to be purchased through a sales representative. So from a home garden perspective, it's virtually impossible to get a genetically modified vegetable seed. Now, we're just talking about vegetable Mm -hmm. seed here. Mm -hmm. There are fruits and uh, other things that uh, there are some genetically modified product. Uh, there is no labeling law in Canada as far as uh, labeling genetically modified uh, seed, although um, within the vegetable, within those sweet corn, they are yeah. labeled. Yeah. Uh, but again, it would be almost impossible for a consumer to get those. And that's the Roundup Ready corn, I think, isn't uh, it? Yeah, and there's also some insect-resistant corn oh, as right. well, like yeah. the uh, BT and a few others. Right. Uh, but like I said, there's only about a handful of uh, varieties and uh, you have to buy them through a, a commercial grower uh, representative. Right. So, d- Gloria, do not be concerned. You purchase any package of seeds available to the consumer uh, for as a you know hobby gardener of whatever kind. Uh, you have no chance of purchasing GMO seeds. Yes. Uh, yes. I wish they would. Um, uh, if they're, if the commercial buyers are buying these type of seeds, I wish they would uh, let us know that uh, their crop is genetically mm. modified so I, I wouldn't buy that product mm. so um, I wish we had better laws here <laughs> well so you might have to just grow your own corn then because I think that any of the sweet corn that you would see at a roadside stand for mm. sale or at the grocery store has come from genetically modified yeah. uh, seeds some of it has yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of your large uh, grocery stores are demanding GMO free letters from their growers mm-hmm. to in order to ensure that that uh, stream of uh, uh, produce is genetically modified free mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I don't think any of the those stores advertise that fact it's okay. sort of a hit and miss to be quite mm-hmm. honest yes but, you have you know, to ask questions uh, ha- that's the best uh, best way to ask questions yes ask questions well, well, thank you very much well, 
thank Good you, stuff. Gloria. That uh, brought up Great a very call. interesting question. Yeah. You never, I never thought about that before, but, you know. Well, uh, you know what? When Wayne comes here, we get amazing questions. This happened <laughs> last year, too. <laughs> and you weren't here. I think you were off on one of your gallivanting. Oh, probably gallivanting you know, around. Yes, just, you know, right. holidaying, drinking whatever, margaritas <laughs> or pina coladas or some such thing. A lot of Mai Tais going on down there. Oh, and, is that uh, right? Mai Tais. That yeah. was the... Did you uh, do no, the swim no, up bar actually. where you swim up and yeah, yeah uh, you stay in the water and have a pool bar and, yeah, until you get wrinkled like a prune, you know, <laughs> or, or sunburned. <laughs> yeah, Did you yeah. get burned at all? No, you have a nice I didn't. Tan. Oh, thank you. Uh, but no, I applied a lot of uh, uh, sun lotion mm-hmm. the very first day, and boy, I didn't have a trouble, any trouble at all. Oh, nice when you're gone for yeah, two weeks. I exactly. would like to say. <laughs> Yeah. Hello to any of the folks who are tuned in from uh, the uh, uh, warm, sunny climes. Ah, uh, you never know. Uh, that's right. That's, we are that's we right. are on the web. This is a in Dominican Republic. It's lovely, lovely spot down yeah. there. Really. Yeah, well, we stuff. better get along. Well, okay. Oh, before we do, you yeah. had something else. Well, I do. You want to get I wanted to just ask Wayne because yeah. I know. See, Wayne, as he mentioned, studied computers uh, and fell into a family yeah. business. He's been pretty straight up that horticulture and gardening is not his forte. However, I know one of the things you're very involved in is the American Seed Trade Association. And I discovered that when I was looking at your website and saw that you've got something going on. You've got some kind of themed uh, pages on your, right at your homepage there. And one of the themes was pollinator-friendly flowers, which I'm a huge fan of. I'm always pushing people to think about the pollinators, get those flowers, you know, get things flowering from early spring to late fall, just because you never know when spring and fall is going to happen. So make sure you've got all that potential for the pollinators if they need the nectar and the pollen, etc. So you've got a nice little um, uh, page there with some suggested flowers for support of pollinators, and it does mention the Million Pollinator Garden Challenge. So, And you're founding partner of that, so I just wondered if, if you wanted to give us, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, there's a couple of organizations out there and a couple uh, seed companies that are sponsoring pollinator programs. Uh, so uh, yeah, some of them programs, you can get them for free. Doesn't mm-hmm. do my business much good but no. you can get we the won't seed go there. for free yeah we won't go there but uh but yeah you can either sign on to a number of organizations ours is uh spot um co-hosting one of them, because uh, as you said, I'm on the American Seed Trade Association Board and the Canadian Seed Trade Association Boards. So, uh, very involved. Both seed organizations are incredibly involved in the pollinator issues. Mm-hmm. Our seed does not work without a pollinator. True. So, you know, we're very much vested in making sure that pollinators uh, are healthy and uh, plentiful to, to make our product work. So, and we also do have a pollinator mix uh, on our website as well, with a combination of flowers that we try and get that the secret about pollinator mixes is you want to get something in flower through the season. You don't want this big burst of mm-hmm. color in the middle of August and, 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 and nowhere else. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, especially in the early spring. That's yeah. the toughest yeah. time for the bees because they come out of uh, hibernation. They're waking up. Exactly. And now, it's... they typically go to a lot of the trees because usually trees <laughs> are the, the first uh, to flower <laughs> and then uh, into flowers. Uh, so, so yeah, our, our mix is designed to try and give you a bloom all, all through the year. As early as possible, right up till you know, serious snow is flying. Exactly. Yeah, which is great. I like that. And you also mentioned that you're soon going to be president of the American Seed Trade Association. Yeah, it's a sort of a crown for uh, us Canadians. Uh, I'll be the first... Uh, 
the, as far as I know, the first Canadian to be president or chair, as they call it, of the American Sea Trade Association. I've also been uh, past president of the Canadian Sea Trade Association. So that's a first one, too. I'm looking for what the Triple Crown would be. <laughs> <laughs> World Sea Trade yeah, Association. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> he, chair. <laughs> he's gone global on us. Oh, my gosh. Hey, we had uh, a call earlier yeah, in the show uh, from George. We're going George. north again. Here we go, way yeah. up north to White River. There's our old friend Rick. Hey, Rick, how you doing? Good morning. Good morning. I I have a question about seeds. I got a old, old seeds, and how long do they last? Mm. But in particular, I have a cyclamen seed, mm. and it says to cover it with black plastic when you you're seeding them. Mm-hmm. You, how long do I leave the plastic on, or what? Mm, good question. Well, as uh, I can address the seeds question. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, everything, and this isn't to do with cyclamen, but uh, vegetables and flower seed. Every species is a little bit different. Um, We've got tomato seed uh, that we've had for 15 years, and it's still germinating at, you know, 95%. Uh, We have parsnip seed that we have for six months, and it's uh, gone from 95 to 55 in just six months. So, uh, and then you get into perennials and and annuals, and sometimes you got to do tricky things to them, like scratch them or nick them, or there's all sorts of... uh, Stick them in the fridge. Stick them in the fridge to see winter so they mm. think they went over winter some yeah. uh, some seeds need to be uh, put in sort of a sl- uh, light acid bath to simulate passing through an animal's digestive yeah, system because yeah. that's what they were designed yeah. so uh, in general it really depends on the species uh, but keeping seeds cool and dry uh, is the secret to longevity but as far as cyclamen, I don't know, Charlie. Okay, so, Rick, I've never grown cyclamen from seed, so I have just quickly, while well, Wayne was answering that question, Googled how to grow cyclamen from seed. And it turns out that in nature, cyclamen seeds germinate in the fall and winter, which means they like it cold and dark. So that's why you put your pots, you've got little pots, three to four inch pots, and you've got well-drained compost or media inside those pots, uh, just a couple of seeds. Um, well, this, they suggest here as, as many as 20, 20 seeds in each pot, and you're covering those seeds with a very fine layer of, again, some of that, that well-drained media. And once that's all set up, then you take your pots, put them in a cool place around 60 degrees Fahrenheit or 15 Celsius, and cover them with something to completely block the light. It's all about blocking light. So, well, but how long do you think it should be? Once they sprout. So it doesn't say what it just... Okay. Yeah, so then it's just a keeping track of when they're going to sprout. It might. De- I have no idea, not having done it myself. Maybe somebody who's listening might have a, something to say. Uh, I would just check on them every couple of days, if you can. Okay. So cool, dark spot. And so black plastic, just to make sure there's no light. Uh, getting onto those seeds because some seeds need light like Wayne said germination rates are so different depending on variety requirements optimal uh, requirements for seeds are also very uh, species specific well it'll be interesting because the seeds about 20 years old (laughs) oh even better (laughs) so keep checking you never know right they could be very viable but then they could sit there for five years and never germinate oh I collect seeds okay there you go thank you very much thanks for calling thanks for calling have a good day you too good to hear from you nice nice to have you with us on this uh, Saturday part of the long holiday weekend and hey thank you to the rest of the folks out there for joining us here on Zoomer Radio Uh, we have to take a little bit of a break here but the lines remain open 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. We'll get you a call in from anywhere in the province of Ontario. 
Nice to have you with us, as I say, and we'll be back with more conversations with Wayne Gale, president of Stoke Seeds, along with Charlie Dobbin, of course. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Uh, you know, uh, Charlie and Wayne, I'm so delighted that Mary in Etobicoke called in because she is a first-time caller. And you get to use your I arm. I get to use my bell ringing arm. There we go. Oh, wow, that was a good welcome. one. Hey, Mary, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. <laughs> you have Glad to be on it. Yeah. What's okay. going on? Okay, um, I grow. I have delphiniums in my garden. Mm-hmm. You know, then the, they grow so nice and tall, mm-hmm. and they're just lovely. But it, like, in as the go, summer goes on, they have all kinds of seeds as the flowers are dying. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots of seeds you get from them. Mm-hmm. I have taken the seeds and tried to grow them in the winter time in a container in the front window. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all came up about an inch high, something like that, and then they all <laughs> they all died. Yeah. And am I doing something wrong? Like, can can I can I reseed them? Can I see plant the seeds again another time? Well, like another year. It sounds like you did the right thing in terms of germinating the seeds. The challenge mm-hmm. is, is providing the conditions for the little seedlings to grow up to be. Delphinium plants. Mm-hmm. I would think, just off the top of my head, that uh, it was a light level problem. Knowing that delphiniums love the hot summer, they love all that bright sun and those long sunny days, mm-hmm. and that's when they bloom. Of course, is midsummer when we're having all that heat and sunshine. You, the mm-hmm. little delphiniums you grew on your window ledge were looking for those conditions and didn't find those in the winter. They found oh. short days and they found much lower light levels. So. Oh. To be okay. successful, now the, we get an awful lights. lot of the afternoon sun yep. during the winter Great. months when the sun is yep. sh- when the sun is out. But you need sixteen hours, not eight. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I also have a, a lamp right beside yep. the Good. window, which I keep on quite Good. a bit, Good. and I have them sitting on the table under the lamp. Good. And then, like I say, they they start to grow, but then just get so high. And they're very seem to be very fragile. Again, they don't see feel strong. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So again, you know, a plant is not getting enough light when it grows very fragile, very thin, very soft. Uh, tends to fall over when you water them. Like mm-hmm. you know, no strength in the stems. So I would actually. I mean, what you've got going on there sounds good, but I think you need to bump up your light levels. What about power uh, uh, like grow light? The actual grow light would yeah. be better, and a sixteen-hour day of light would be also be good. And what a lot of the growers will do. Certainly, uh, you know, hobby gardeners can do this easily. When you are planting seeds inside your home and you're hoping for to bring up these little seedlings so that there'll be nice strong plants to go out in the garden, um, run a fan, a very, very low-velocity fan over your seedlings, and that toughens them up. Like, you get much oh, really? stronger stems, much stronger plants with that very just gentle breeze. Plus, you lower disease issues because you, you can keep the air moving. And it's just a really great way to toughen them up. The, the little yeah. tiny seedlings are much stronger with that, that breeze. Or if you don't have a fan, just run your hands over the plants. Just give them a gentle pet, pet your plants. <laughs> and the, just petting the surfaces and giving them that little, pushing them around a bit, toughens them up. 
Oh, well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Well, I won't give up yet. I'll try again. Yeah, yeah good idea. Let us know how you get on. They give you so many seeds. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I pass them out to my neighbors, and oh, but they never tell, tell me that. if they've <laughs> had any results or not. <laughs> yeah, I've just witnessed okay, Wayne's well, thank face you just so much. Blanch. I'll give it another try. <laughs> All right. Let us know how that goes, Mary. <laughs> thank you, Mary. Okay. And we'll be along in a moment to uh, welcome in Carol from Scarborough, but we're going to take another little break here. Uh, and uh, you are listening. A reminder. You are listening to AM740, Zoomer Radio, and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto, The Garden Show on the air. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie and Wayne, let's uh, meet Carol, who's calling in from Scarborough this morning. Hi, Carol. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I love your show. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I had, um, in the summertime, two manable plants, vines, growing in front of my house that did very well. So Mm -hmm. we decided to bring them in downstairs, put them under grow lights. Mm -hmm. One survived. Mm -hmm. The other one isn't doing too well. And I'm wondering, what am I doing wrong? Uh, have you looked closely? Is there any evidence of any insects on that one no. that's not doing well? No, nothing. nothing. Okay. No bugs. And you've got the grow lights. Like you said, they're both getting lots of light for a, an extended period yeah, of the day. Yeah, 12 hours okay. a day. So what I would do, because, you know, we are on the cusp of March, and this, this is the time when the plants really start responding, all of our plants, whether it's tropical plants or, or you know, little African violets, various and sundry plants are very excited to have these, the day length extending and the intensity increasing, and they start to respond and start to want to grow. So if we're going to do pruning, now's the time to do it because that also will encourage new growth. And of course, the sun will support all that. So what I would do with both your mandevillas, I'd get out my pruners and I would cut them back. Now, uh, depending on sort of what the look, what they look like now, usually the most you want to take off is, you know, 30 percent, 40 percent at the most of the plant. But that will be a a something that will invigorate the plant uh, and help it to, you know, start to really put out some more growth. Right. Consider fertilizer at this time as well, because to encourage that growth, nutrient is required too. So just an all-purpose flowering plant fertilizer. But do look closely. If the plants came in looking the same, they've been given the same care, conditions, light, water, etc., and one isn't thriving, are they the same color by any chance? Or yes, they? they are. They're both yellow. Yeah, so you would think that they, they should be... Mm-hmm. looking pretty much the same. Um, sometimes we find some colors are more vigorous than others, will grow faster. I was thinking maybe that's what was going on, but they're the same color. They should be growing and acting similar. And so just double check that there's nothing going on there, that the one isn't sitting in too much water or you know anything like that. Right. Magnifying glass to look for insects. Um, yeah, cutting I did back that and, already. They're good. good. Yeah, yeah. So it's just cutting back and fertilizing really at this point to, to force out some, some fresh growth. Even the one that it's growing so beautifully and is like it, gorgeous vine on it. Is it flowering? I cut it back. Well, is it flowering right now? No, it's not. I would cut it back. 
Okay. Because if you don't, you, it's it's going to start flowering soon. Okay. And then you definitely won't want to cut it back. Right. And by September or August, when you're looking to bring it in again, it's going to be five times the size it is now, or ten times yeah. the size. They okay. do grow a lot in the summer, so you're gonna you're gonna have to cut it at some point. I'd cut it now. Okay, I'll do that this week. Okay. Well, there you are. You, Good idea. You got your homework assignment from Jerry. Exactly. I needed a homework assignment. <laughs> Thank you, Carol. Thank you very much. All righty. Hope you enjoy the long holiday weekend here. Thanks for being with us in studio. Uh, we have, of course, our special guest, Wayne Gale, who is the president of Stoke Seeds. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether that might engender a question from Joan in Toronto or not, but let's find out. Hey, Joan, good morning. Welcome to the show. First time oh, caller. Hey, oh, really? Wait a bell. minute. Hey, good there morning. Welcome to the show. Hi. Oh, good, mo- good morning, everyone. Uh, my question is, I have lilies, and for the last couple of years, last three years, actually, uh, there's a little red bug, and it just seems to defar them at the, the, the stem, mm-hmm. just eats them all. So I thought at first it was a ladybug, yeah. but no, it's another little bug with called red a, and black spots. Yeah, it's called a lily leaf beetle. It's oh. It's got a red back and a black belly, and they, yeah. do, they chow down on every part of the lily, flowers, yeah. leaves, stems. Mm. There's no magic bullet on that. There's not, n- nothing you can do other than make it a daily event to go outside with a, you know empty tuna fish can with some water and a drop of oil in it and do your best to actually physically sweep these crummy bugs into your tuna fish can and drown them in that water. I will warn you, though, this is an insect that's very clever. It does, as soon as it sees you coming, they fall to the ground, and they fall with their backs, their red backs down, and their black bellies up, and then you can't see them. So they're so obvious when you see the red part, not so obvious when it's the black belly. So I like to slide in there with um, an old sheet or the newspaper, whatever, just lay that on the ground, so that when they fall, at least they fall onto something. That you can mm, much more easily, clever. yeah, you know, sweep them up that way. With uh, I've been doing eggshells and chopping yeah. up my eggshells and putting them yeah, around, but they just seem to have destroyed them for the last two years. I've hardly anything yeah. now, and it's just just decimate, you know. Well, for some people, they've just had to either just give up growing lilies or try moving them to another part of the garden, try and get away from those beetles that are Well, my very... lilies I've had for about 15 years, yeah. and they come up all the... And my neighbor across the street has got lilies, too, mm. and they don't bother hers. Right. That's it just seems to be mine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yours are tastier than hers. I'm not sure. You know what? It's because, because I have them. They come up every year, and they're beautiful. All sorts of colors. Mm-hmm. In the last two years, this bug has just devastated them all. There's okay, so you think I should get a tuna t- uh, can yeah. and some oil? Yeah, just a drop of newspaper. oil with some water. Like They'll yeah. drown in the water, but you need to put either a drop of oil or a drop of soap into the water mm-hmm. so that they mm-hmm. can't get out of the water. Um, I've been spraying with some palm, some palm oil. Somebody told me to palm all of them water, but you know I've got such a big garden of lilies. It's so hard for me to do newspapers and things. Yeah. But I have been trying. I go out and they come in the sun, and I see them and I grab them and you know. But they start to fly. I, I didn't realize right. they could fly. They can fly. Well, yep. <clears throat> good luck with that, Joan. Yeah, they're not nice. Neem oil. Some people will <clears throat> recommend neem oil if you can get a hold of it. Uh, is supposed to be good at knocking them down. But yeah, there's mm-hmm. no otherwise. The palm olive is just giving them a nice shower, really. <laughs> They're clean. you got the cleanest right? lily oh, well, leaf beetles. I don't want to do that. Okay. So there's not really much I can do uh, Not really. Not that I know of, unless somebody's got something who wants to call in next week and give us a tip. So listen oh. in next week. You never know. Uh, okay. Thanks, thank you so much. Right, thank have you. a good day. Uh, do we have time for, <clears throat> pardon me, one quick Buying call? Buying a new plant. Well, let's see if we can do Okay, Margaret in Cambridge, in under the wire here. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hello, and welcome to the show. Hi. Good morning. Um, I'm calling regarding a Japanese ornamental kale that you mentioned probably last year or the year before, and I've been trying to get it. And where would I be able to get that? <laughs> what was it? A Japanese ornamental? Tail. Tail? Kale? Yeah, okay. that you mentioned that's supposed to be really nice in a, even a flower garden. Mm. Oh. Oh, you don't remember that? <laughs> but I can look it up. Well, you know what? Listen next week, because I just happen to have access to some very top-of-the-line seed catalogs, and kale is always grown from seed. Russian okay. mammoth. There's some great kales out there. we got black kale, yeah. we've got green kale, and this year we've got a red kale. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, don't, don't I think Japanese. But yeah, the Japanese isn't ringing a bell for mm, me either. No, but no. Let, me, uh, let me think about that, Margaret, and I'll see if I can come back with something uh, insightful for next week. Um, and um, we've got to go because we have yeah, less than a minute left. And, yeah, kale is always from seed, and it's so easy. Maybe it's the bright light Swiss chard she's thinking of because that's a great ornamental uh, vegetable, edible and ornamental. I'm a big fan of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, once you get in the chard, there's, uh, there's peppermint. There's uh, pink yeah, and there's stripes. multicolors, rainbow. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of, and then you can get Colorful. the mustard greens as yeah. a cane. But uh, but Japanese kale, kale. Russian kale. Yeah, that's common, Russian. But yeah. Didn't know anyone in Japanese. Right. I like to think about that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Well, gee whiz, so, we, uh, we yeah. are coming really to the end of the racetrack here. Thank you, thank you, thank you Wayne, for coming. This is great. 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 I always have fun on the show. I hope I'm invited back again. Oh, Absolutely. Well, love to have you back anytime. And uh, Frank, nice to have you back too. Thank you, my friend. And couldn't do this without Sebastian, so a big thank you to him, our great callers. And uh, we will see you all again next, next week. week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.